Hi, this is Ken Finney, and you are listening to Blue Collar Finance, the podcast where we take complex finance and investing concepts and make them easy to understand. I have been working on Wall Street for over 30 years, and I will explain everything in plain English so anyone can understand it. Every week, I will tackle a new concept so you can actually understand investing in finance terms. If you have a topic you want to be discussed, please visit my website at capadvantagetutoring.com and leave a comment. Also, you can visit me on YouTube at Capital Advantage Tutoring. Subscribe to my channel and let's unlock the language of Wall Street. And disclaimer time, this is not investment advice. If you need assistance or advice regarding your investments, please contact an investment professional, not me. So this week's episode, we're going to talk about common stock. So what is common stock? Well, another word for common stock is shares. You can own shares of the company or you own stock in the company. You're considered an owner. Now, most of us, most of us won't be considered big owners. We just own the stock because we hope it's going to go up or pay a dividend or just to invest to beat inflation. But if you buy, if you have a lot of money and you start buying up more and more shares, you can actually start dictating policy. So say we have a million shares outstanding. Say the company issues 1 million shares. So that means there's a million shares out there trading as long as they don't buy any back because that would reduce what they have outstanding. So whatever's outstanding, if you say they have a million shares and you own 100,000 shares, you're a 10% owner. So if, they own, if you own you know, 200,000 shares, you're a 20% owner. If you buy all of them, you own the whole damn company. So the more you own, the more power you have. And each, for each share you own, you get a vote. So the more shares you own, the more votes you have, the more power you have. But most of us, that's not what we're doing. We're not buying it for the power. We're buying it just to make some money. Now, how do I make money on common stock? So when you buy common stock, you're an owner, and you can buy it on an exchange, you buy it over the counter, whatever it is. If it's on an exchange like the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ, it's one of the companies you've heard of. They're very big. They have a lot of listing requirements to be trading on the exchanges. And those are the ones that you've heard of. You know, that's the Teslas, the IBMs, the Googles of the world, those things. Then there's the smaller companies. Like if I ever go public, I'd probably be over the counter, which means I'm not on an exchange and I'm smaller and I'm just doing it to raise a little money. The difference is, is that the smaller companies are not as liquid. Liquidity is the ability to get in and out very easily. So sometimes if you buy a stock that's over the counter that's not listed on an exchange, sometimes it's hard to find someone who's going to buy your stock from you. Or it's going to be hard to buy some stock without paying up, paying a lot of money, because there's not a lot of people buying and selling. But if something's on the exchange, the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ, most likely, most likely, not every time, there should be a lot of buyers and sellers, so it's not so hard to buy and sell. You may not get the price you want, but it shouldn't be that hard to do. So that's buying and selling them, and you can buy into them, and we're all good with that. So now, why do I buy common stock? Well, one reason is for growth or capital appreciation. Capital appreciation is, say you buy stock at 40, and it goes to 50. Well, there you go. You just made $10 if you sell it. Remember, if you buy stock at 40 and it goes to 50, you don't actually make anything, your own taxes or anything, until you actually sell the stock at the higher price. So while it rises, that's called appreciation, 
but it's also called an unrealized gain, which means it's not taxable and you could still lose that money. You can't lock in that gain until you actually sell the stock. And when you sell it, you then lock it in and then you pay, you owe taxes on it come April or this year in the COVID in July. So one of the reasons you buy it is for growth. You're hoping to buy something at 40 and it goes to 50, 60, 70. And the reason that would go there, I mean, there's a million reasons, but in general, the reason a stock would rise is because either it has good earnings or good news or good prospects or something happens and people really want to buy it. So they start buying it and that pushes the price up. So if a lot of buyers are more buyers, it's not really more buyers than sellers, but if a lot of people are buying it, it's going to push it up, 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 and that's how you make your money. Now, that's one way. That's growth. Another way is through income. So the company, since you're an owner, if they make money, the board of directors, the ones who run the overall company, not the day-to-day stuff, but the overall policies of a company, and they decide who the CEO is and all, and the board and the chairman of the board. If they vote to pay a dividend to the shareholders, well, then they pay you. So they're going to pay you usually on a quarterly basis. Yes, there's some that are monthly, but think of dividends as a quarterly payout. So if you own stock and they're making money and it's a company that's making a lot of profit, they could pay out dividends to you, which is per share. So they may say, you buy, say you own one share and they decide there's a 25 cent dividend, you're going to get a check for 25 cents. If you own two shares, you're going to get a check for 50 cents. It's straightforward. Those companies are more established companies are paying dividends. Like Apple went through a time where they didn't and then they did and then they didn't and then they did again. So it all depends on what they're trying to do or what the, the policy of the company is. So a dividend is paid quarterly. It's stated annually like, oh, we have a 4%, you know, we're paying a 40 cent dividend every year. Well, then that would be 10 cents every quarter. Makes sense. They can pay you in cash, which is great. They just send you a check every, you know, every quarter, or they can pay you in stock. They can actually give you stock dividends. So a stock dividend, remember all of the dividends, when you get them, it's a zero sum game, meaning that if you have a hundred dollars worth of stock, whether they pay you a dividend or stock dividend or anything, you still have $100. It just looks different. So if they do a stock dividend, say you want 100 shares at 50, that's worth five grand. If they pay you a 10% stock dividend, you now own 110 shares, but it's only worth 45.45. And if you multiply that out, that's still five grand. But here's the thing. If the stock rises, instead of it only going up and you're only getting moving up by 100 shares, you're now moving up with 110. So over time, that really does pay off. The cash dividend's a little different, where if you get a dividend, say the stock's trading at $50 and you own 100 shares. If they pay you a 25-cent dividend, the stock drops to $49.75, which makes sense because before they pay the dividend, the stock, the value of the company was $50 a share. But once they pay out that dividend, that's some of the earnings that was in their treasury, were, was, whatever, was in their treasury, is not there anymore. It's in your hands. So they drop the price of the stock. So that's the, so the second reason you would buy common stock is for income. First reason, capital appreciation slash growth. Second is income. And the third reason, which is awesome, is inflation or purchase and power risk. So Common stock is the best hedge against inflation. And think about this. So 
if you have if you have if you have products that you bought 10 years ago, well, let's use a better example. When you were younger and you went to the movies, it cost like five bucks. So mom or dad gives you 20 bucks, you can go, bring a friend, and still get popcorn and stuff. Now let's flash forward to today, and that same $20, movies are 15, 16 bucks. You're going by yourself and you might not even be able to get a drink. So that's the lowering value of the dollar. So the dollar gets lower and lower in value every year. That's called inflation or purchase and power risk. So prices of goods in the economy go up around, say, 2 to 3% a year. Some finance guy will say I'm wrong, but it's generally the right answer. That means all the costs of goods go up by 2 to 3% every year. Well, common stock, on average, if, if you buy a portfolio, a well-diversified portfolio, and we'll talk about that at some point later, um, a well-diversified portfolio should average around 10% a year in rising. So if you buy stock now, versus buying some product now, if you wait a few years, the price of your portfolio will go up faster than the cost of those goods. So that beats inflation. So that's really a great way to reason to invest. There's three reasons. One, capital appreciation. Two, income. And then third, inflation protection, which comes from the growth of the company. So as the company grows in value, it's outpacing inflation. And that's the, re the third reason you buy this. There are two main types of stocks. Yes, there's a bunch of little tiny ones, but two main types of stocks. One is growth stocks. Growth stocks are the, like the Amazons and the Googles that don't pay dividends, and they take all their money, all their earnings or profits, and reinvest it back into the company. So they, if they make a billion dollars, they put it back in, they do research, they come up with self-driving cars, and they buy ways, and they buy all these different things. And they're reinvesting in the company. That's a growth stock. Usually they're a little more volatile. They're more techie maybe. They're newer. They don't have as, you know, they're not consistently paying dividends. And normally they don't. Some do. I'm not, there's not, there's not a hard and fast rule. But in general, growth stocks are high reward. They're, they usually grow, they usually move quicker than the rest of the market. But they're also a little riskier. And they don't pay dividends. So you're not buying growth stocks for income. You're buying them for growth or capital appreciation. The other type, and remember, I'm breaking it down into two. I know there's a million subcategories. The other type are income stocks, or well, let's call them value stocks. Value stocks, you know, they've been around for a while. Maybe they're even out of favor kind of thing. Maybe they're a, pr a price a little bit less than what you think they should be, but they've been around for a while. They're making money, and they pay a consistent dividend. They're less volatile. They're not going to move as much. They're not as sexy. They're not as fun, but you are going to get a dividend. And if they come back into favor, they're going to move fairly quickly. But the reason, so, it, oh God, I keep wanting to say income. Value stocks pay dividends and they're, they have a low, what they call, we'll talk about PE in a second. So growth stocks have a high PE, price to earnings, and, and value stocks usually have a low one. Price to earnings is one of the ways to evaluate whether a stock is cheaper or more expensive on an even basis. So price to earnings is you take the market price and you divide it by their annual earnings. So you figure, okay, the company's making a million dollars. You divide it by the number of shares kind of thing. You take their market price and then you divide it by the earnings to determine what they call the P.E. ratio. A gross stock will have a very high. 
their market price will be multiples, multiples, and multiples higher than what they're earning every year because people are betting on that it's going to be great in the future. Whereas we have a value stock which is going to have a low PE, okay? That low PE is because it's not super in favor. People aren't willing to overbuy for it. So the, so the earnings will not be so much higher than... Then, 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 I'm moving for somebody. So sorry about that, because I'm a really nice guy. Um, let's turn it off so the beeping isn't killing you. So now we have value stocks. Value stocks have a lower PE because it's not a super sexy stock. People aren't paying up for it. So what's going to happen is, is that it's the multiple is going to be less. The PE ratio is going to be lower. So maybe it earns, you know, maybe it earns $2 a share. Maybe the stock's trading at five or maybe it earns a hundred dollars a share and the stock's trading at two or 300, which is two or three times earnings. If it's a gross stock, it may earn like $10 a share, but be trading at like a hundred. So it's a hundred times or it's 10, I guess 10, 10 times earnings. Okay. So gross stocks usually have a high PE ratio. And, and value stocks have a lower one. So one last thing I'm going to bring up here, and then I'll wrap it up, is there's a thing that I mentioned earnings. There's a thing called earnings per share. So earnings per share is the total company makes has their earnings, their net earnings after all. They pay their costs and all the taxes, and they divide that by the number of shares outstanding. That's the earnings per share. So if you have your EPS or earnings per share, they're talking about the total earnings divided by the number of shares. Okay, so that's EPS. And when they do PE ratio, they're doing the market price per share divided by the earnings per share to give yourself a multiple. So to wrap it up, common stock is you own the company. You are an owner of the company. And if you have a lot of money, you can make some policy changes. But most of us are just buying, you know, 50, 100, 200 shares, which we can do voting and all that, but it's not really going to make a big difference. But you can buy it and make some money. And that's the best way to set up your retirement, do common stock. And as you get older, maybe you start switching more into bonds, which will come in the later ones. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar Finance. Please look out for me on YouTube under Capital Advantage Tutoring. And if you have a topic that you want me to cover, please feel free to go to my website, Cap Advantage Tutoring, and leave a comment or even a comment on my YouTube, and I will be sure to put it in the list of stuff to cover. Thank you, and thank you for listening.